begin, I want to uh, welcome our Stevensville campus. For those of you who might be new around here, uh, you might not realize that we are one church in three locations. We have a campus over in Stevensville, where God's doing some awesome things. Also, I uh, want to welcome uh, with us this weekend by video our Benton Heights campus. So uh, hopefully right now at Benton Heights, everybody's really clapping and really excited to be with us uh, today. Welcome, Benton Heights. We're glad you're here. Uh, and glad all of you here are here uh, this weekend at St. Joe. Take your Bible, if you would. We're going to look at a couple passages first in Matthew 28. So we'll jump in there and then Acts 2. So Matthew 28 and Acts 2 is a couple passages we're going to look at the end of the second chapter of the book of Acts. Again, Matthew 28 and Acts 2. As you're turning there, uh, I just want to, to uh, give you a little sidebar, a little uh, kind of extra, does it cost you any, 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 this is just a bonus kind of thing. Uh, this, uh, this past weekend and then a couple weeks before, we had talked about forgiveness. We talked about last week, if you were here, we talked about what it looks like for us to, as Jesus says, that we should love our enemies even. And that's not an easy thing. And some of you, I know, we all struggle with that. And what's it look like to forgive people that have really wronged us? And we're, we struggle at times to do that. And so I want, I, I want to just lift up uh, a resource that absolutely radically changed my life on this subject and was so helpful. I've mentioned it before, but if you're struggling in this area of forgiving, loving your enemies, those kind of things, a book by R.T. Kendall. R.T. Kendall wrote a book called Total Forgiveness. And if you struggle with loving your enemies, forgiving people, if that's something that uh, you, you think, how in the world could I ever do that? Well, you can't do it unless the Lord helps you. And that is just a great book that gives you really, really, really super practical uh, kind of stuff. So I encourage you to, to check that out if that's something you're struggling with. So let's get into uh, this weekend. And let me just say up front, uh, I absolutely believe... Uh, to the bottom of my heart, that I have the best job in the world uh, being your pastor. I love it. I was in Ohio talking about and bragging on you guys today and just talking about some of the cool things God's doing. God's doing some things in the Midwest, and we had gathered a bunch of churches together and kind of doing some, uh, I had the privilege of speaking on the best practices, and I just got to brag on you guys and what God's up to at First Church, and I just want to say publicly what a privilege it is to be able to serve you, and it's just fun, and, uh, and it's my delight. And uh, this weekend, we want to share the church, uh, um, share kind of a state of the church, and uh, so that's good practice, because if you watch the State of the Union, they did a lot of that. Actually, we're not going to ask you to do that uh, any at all the rest of the time. But if you watch State of the Union, uh, you might have uh, been real excited about what our president was sharing. Or maybe you're on the other side of the aisle and you're really torn up and broken up about uh, what was shared. And we want to get into that except to say uh, that, that it's a time of the year where... Uh, the Houses of Congress come together, all of us, well, a lot of us anyway, uh, watch the president and kind of listen to kind of how things are going and what's kind of the future uh, maybe going to look like as we move forward as a country. And we want to do that. We did it last year. We want to do it again this year and just kind of think about uh, where are we, what's going on in the life of the church and, and uh, what's happening, and then to think about uh, what's our future look like and kind of where you're going. If you're new, what a great week to be here because you will get a taste of who we are, where we're going. I hope you come back. I hope hopefully you feel good about what you hear uh, this weekend. And I hope you come back next week. Uh, we're going to start a series called uh, um, Storytellers, Your Story Matters. 
Uh, we'd love to talk to you about what it looks like to have your story, uh, uh, you understand your story and what God's up to in your life and how you might be able to be used to, to share that story with somebody that really needs some hope and encouragement uh, in, in, in their life that you might be able to share. Um, but this week, we want to talk to you about the state of the church. I've said this before, but let me say it again. Vision has a tendency to leak. And so that's why it's good occasionally just to kind of revisit this idea of, of who, we are, who we are and where we're going. We get a little fuzzy on the vision and, and, and where we're going together. And so want to this weekend kind of revisit this idea because our vision translates as we live it out and flesh it out, translates absolutely in lives changed. So we'll talk about that and we'll talk about and kind of revisit our vision and kind of, because it leaks out a little bit, so we want to kind of replenish our vision meter a little bit. And then we're going to talk about some things that uh, we as a staff, we went away on a retreat and we came back and we've got some, some, some things, some goals we want to share that with you kind of as we think about the future. And, and sprinkled in all of that is some real life stories of what God's up to at first year. So I hope that really gets you excited as we put some flesh on the bones, as we think about who we are, where we're going, and the difference that Christ is making in lives. Hopefully Hopefully some real stories of real people and the difference will get you excited and you'll get pumped up and we'll work, on, work together to realize God's future and vision for us together. So reach underneath your seats. There's a, there's a seat belt. Buckle in. We're going to get started. I'm excited. I was a youth pastor uh, way back when and I had a group of guys that came around me that were, uh, they were wise kind of corporate kind of executive types that uh, really invested in me and helped me uh, in just some leadership kind of stuff early on in my ministry kind of life. And one of the things those guys uh, helped me to understand, they said, uh, David, and they, I'm sure they got it from somebody else, I don't know who that was, but they, they said there's two questions you need to ask. Any, it's a business, it's an organization, a church, there's two questions you need to regularly ask, and it's this. First, what's your business? And the second question you should ask fairly regularly is how's business. So we want to start this weekend and asking ourselves the question, what's our business? What's the purpose of what we do around here? Why are we here? What's the, the vision that God has for us? So if, you've, if you had turned in your Bible to Matthew 28, Jesus, some of his final words on this earth, he shares with us what the vision is, what the business that we need to be about is. So in Matthew uh, 28, he says, basically, let me kind of summarize it for you. You can read it for yourself. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. But what he says is, go into the world and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and make disciples. Go into the world. Jesus didn't say, I want you to set up shop somewhere. I want you to start a church somewhere. And I want you to, 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 to share some great truth. And the world's going to come to you. And, and you share with them when they come. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said to go into the world and make disciples. That there is a tremendous truth. There is a change that's taking place in your life. And it's some good news. It's called the good news. The gospel literally means good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. And so let's share this good news. He says, it, it, people need it. This, this world needs hope. This world needs to hear this wonderful news uh, that I have come to bring you. And then in the book of Acts, we see that uh, that happened after he said this. The book of Acts is a story of the church. The acts of the apostles. The acts of the, of the New Testament church. And they just began to live out what Jesus said. They went and they made disciples. And so in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says this. 
And this is a picture of them actually doing what Jesus said to go do. And it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. And they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And I love this last line. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were doing what Jesus said, here's what you need to go do. Here's what you need to live out. Here's who you are. And so we ask ourselves the question, what's our business, church? First church, what's our business? What do we need to be doing? We need to go into the world and we need to make disciples. We need to help people to be connected with this love that God has for them. All of us have been created uniquely. We all have gifts, we all have abilities, we all have passions, we all have things that get us excited, this up in the morning. We all have those. We are created uniquely by God. There's a unique fingerprint of who we are and there's a purpose that God has on our lives. And just like he has that purpose and we're unique as individuals, they're also, as a church, we're unique. And so when we talk about what's our purpose and who are we and where we're going and what our vision is, we don't want to just think about, okay, what was something that worked at some church down the road or, or what some church in some far-off city or what somebody wrote in some book somewhere. We, that's all fine and good to think about and, and to look at. But what we want to do is to ask God, God, help us, help First Church, help this local body, three churches, uh, or three campuses, one church together. How can we... Accomplish your purpose in what Jesus said uniquely in our own context. And so we spent a lot of time thinking about that and have boiled it down. And here's, and I just want to remind you again, because remember vision leaks. Here's our vision as a church. Here's our vision statement. Here's our purpose. Here's why we exist. We exist to ignite Christ's passion in everyday people to restore God's ideal. God has a vision. God has an ideal. He wanted from the very beginning. You look at the very beginning of time back in, in the garden with Adam and Eve. God wanted to be in relationship with people. He wanted to, to have, have, have a relationship with us, his creation. And, and sin and, and the junk that happens in this world, it, it breaks. It messes up that relationship. And God is on this pursuit of us. And so we want to be a part of restoring God's ideal in this world we want to help people to get connected with God and so when we think about that's that's who we are and there's we have some values then that we've adopted that speak to okay how can we flesh that out so when people come here and we want to see that accomplished here's the values that we want to that everybody that comes here we want them to experience these values and as they experience these values they will experience Got the restoration of God's ideal in their lives. And so here's the values. Again, just because the vision leaks, I want to just remind you of this stuff. And the first thing is this. We, want, we value encouraging, biblically motivated transformation. There is power in God's word. When we look into God's word and we find truth in God's word, it, it, it helps us with our finances, it helps us in our marriage, it helps us as parents, it helps us in our business, it helps us as leaders, it helps us as young people, it helps us with old people, it helps us how to know how to live, and it helps us know how to die. God's word can change our lives. And so we believe that this, these words in this sacred book that we've been given by God, they matter. 
And so we're not just dispensers of information. We are dispensers of truth. This is, thus saith the Lord, this is truth, and it changes our lives. We believe that, and so we want to encourage biblically motivated, fueled transformation. There's a group that meets on Wednesday mornings around here at First Church. It's called a Moms-to-Mom group. And there's some 30-odd moms of young, toddler, preschooler kind of people. Many of those uh, folks, those those women that come to that, they don't necessarily come to to church here. They've been invited by somebody or they found out about it because it's something that's very helpful. And they use God's Word to help them. They're teaching. It's based on God's Word. And it helps to teach them, gives them wisdom from God's Word in parenting and and, uh, those that are married and in marriage and some of the kind of the basics there. And let me just kind of share with you some quotes from some of the ladies in that group because we believe and and we want we value biblically motivated transformation because God's word changes people's lives this is what one of those moms said this class has helped me know how to parent with God's wisdom making a difference in my life she said another one said God has trained me through his word which has totally changed the way I parent God's word transforming lives in a very in very practical ways. Another one said, "My husband and I uh, haven't attend, uh, have not attended church together, but we started coming to the study, and now together as a family, we are attending church regularly together." Again, God's word can help help can help us to be transformed, biblically motivated transformation. Another value that we have—that's the first one. The second one is that we value igniting passion into action. So again, ignite, that ignition of passion and action will result in the restoration of God's ideal. And so uh, we want to see that. And so we want to be a church that's filled with people that, that are understanding what their passion is, understanding what their giftedness is. And as we work that out and flesh that out and live that out, it's going in our world to restore God's ideal. When I think of this value of igniting passion and action, one of the real fun areas of our church is the Benton Heights campus. And so I would be expecting right now as I mention the Benton Heights campus that there is uh, just a lot of uh, yelling and screaming and real excitement at the Benton Heights campus as they're listening to us kind of affirm uh, them and talk about some of the cool things that are going on. Like the friends and family, or friends, excuse me, I would get it wrong. Uh, the creation of the Friends and Neighbor Network fan uh, in the Benton Heights community. It's a sustainable food pantry Alternative, And so you don't know, don't know maybe where uh, Benton Heights campus is. It's on the northeast side of the city of Benton Harbor uh, uh, in that community. 7,500 so far, and it's only uh, uh, not even a year old, 7,500 pounds of food has been distributed to uh, under-resourced families in that community. There's leaders that are stepping up, not just from the church, but leaders from the community that have begun to uh, step up because, because everybody in that network, they work, they, they box stuff up, they get food, they, they, they help with it, they provide uh, leadership in it, and to see leaders stepping up within, from within that community. And I would just say that none of that would be possible, the friends and neighbor network would be possible without the passion of Julie, who is the lay leader from the, uh, from the Benton Heights campus that is instrumental. Someone that got a passion, turned that passion into action. Now God's ideal is being restored. And so, again, if you're at the Benton Heights campus, somebody should be standing up and giving Julie, who's in church, I'm sure, this morning, uh, uh, Sunday morning, a big high five. She's doing a great job. It's passion into action. Another example of that is the Wonderland Outreach is the Wonderland Toy Store. 
Uh, maybe you know about that. Maybe you participate in that. Uh, that's passion turned into action. That's us working together with other churches in the community through the Overflow Community Development Association. Uh, churches working together. Almost 2,000 toys were collected. $10,000 worth of gift cards were collected and, and given to children. Close to 600 children were, were loved on and encouraged and families blessed uh, to have a great Christmas. That's passion turned into action that restores God's ideal of little children being loved on or how about children's ministry years ago we had a hundred or so kids coming to vacation Bible school uh, because your passion was turned into action some 420 children this past year came to Bible school uh, 180 on any given night 180 or so uh, adults and youth, young people working together, uh, their passion turned into action, helping to teach and to train and love on kids and tell them about Christ and the difference that, that Christ can make in their lives and God loves them. Some 40 plus passion turned into action. Some 40 plus uh, young children uh, committed their lives to Christ or indicated they wanted to have a deeper relationship with Christ. Those are awesome things. Passion turned into action. And so how is God turning your passion into action? We want to help you to realize that and understand that and to flesh that out. And as a result of the, I think it's 120 or so adult volunteers every, and youth every weekend that serve our children across three campuses, children are told every weekend are helped and encouraged about their faith and their walk in Christ. Five kids last weekend indicated to our children's ministry across those three campuses they want to be baptized, they wanted to follow the Lord, they wanted a deeper walk with Jesus Christ. That's awesome. That's passion turned into action. The third uh, thing we value around here is nurturing life-changing relationships that, again, influences the big, huge vision of restoring God's ideal. So life-changing relationships. Life happens best in the context of relationships. And we want everybody that walks through these doors to feel loved, to feel accepted, to feel like that this is a place where, they can, where people can get to know them. Now, if you want to go into the radar and you don't want anybody to know your name and all that, you can do that, and that's okay, and we're glad you're here, uh, but we hope that at some point you'll let us love on you, get to know you, and you'll get connected somehow. At all of our campuses, we started what we call section communities, where we want to purposefully give you an opportunity to connect uh, in, 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 in different ways. And so we want to help with that. Uh, I love, I just heard the story, again, how does this flesh out? Uh, I heard the story last, uh, this past week of, of one of the, the section communities that out of that section community, a life group was formed. So people that had gotten to know each other, a small group was formed, and now they're going to start meeting together and, again, growing together in their faith in Christ. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Just the other day, I heard uh, a story of a, a brand-new couple that came for the first time on a day that there was a section party, because sometimes we have parties, these section communities, and they came, and they were part of this section party, so they went to it, and they said, you know what, that, this is exactly the type of community and relationships that we've been looking for. And so we value nurturing life-changing relationships. People telling their stories, people sharing their struggles, and we do life together, we pray for each other, we love each other, we help each other when there's needs. And then the last one, the final one, the final value that we have around here is it influences that restoring God's ideal is the value of creating dynamic, inspirational environments. 
So when we come into a place like this, that, that we come and, and we value that you have a dynamic inspirational uh, experience here. It, it matters the, the experience that your kids have in, uh, when they go up to kids' time. It matters that the, that the nursery is clean and, it, 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 and it's, it's well organized and, and, and all those kind of things. Those environments matter and it matters what you experience here in worship. Like the story of a Stevensville lady. Came to the Stevensville campus for the first time. And she said during a shearing time that was taking place within the, within the context of the service, she said, we haven't been to, to, to a church in this area in 10 years because we could never f- find a place that we felt part of. And then here she said this with tears in her eyes, today's our first time here and we have found our church. And that's what we want to happen. We want people to, be, to experience dynamic, inspirational environments where they feel like they're home to work on and develop their relationship with the living God that loves them and wants to give them hope. And so we hope that that's what people feel. And we strive that people feel that and experience that at Benton Heights and at Stevensville and here at, at St. Joe. And so how do we, what do we do? How do we want to flesh that out? What's the strategy then to make those things happen? Those are the things we value, but, but how do we make that happen? We want everybody to experience these things. We want you to worship, we want you to, so, to serve, and we want you to grow. That's our strategy. And that means everything that we do around here will fall in one of those three buckets. That, that everything, every, you look at the bulletin this weekend and it, you could look at it and you could, you could say, okay, this falls into the bucket of worship. This falls into the bucket of serving. This falls in the bucket of growing in your relationship. We don't want to do anything unless it falls in one of those buckets. This uh, year, a few months ago, we actually reorganized the staff so there is a core leader in each of those three areas and every other staff member is under one of those three core leaders so our structure even influences our vision our values our strategy so every staff member is in one on one of actually four teams because we added operations too because there's financial and and facility kind of stuff so pastor greg gordon runs the operations team uh pastor um uh uh What, is, what are their names? Um, Pastor Bill Shepard runs the Grow Team and is over the Grow Team. Sorry if you're listening to this and I forgot your name. Uh, Bill Shepard uh, runs the Grow Team. Uh, Chris Britton runs the Serve Team. And Pastor Chad Harlan runs the Worship Team. Every other staff member serves on one of those four teams and so we're organized even around our strategy for ministry it matters and so around here we like to say I want to encourage you to do one 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 worship one hour a week serve one hour a week find a place somewhere whether it's inside or outside the walls where you're serving where you're giving your life back in some meaningful way and make sure you're growing one hour a week somewhere growing in your faith one 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 That's our strategy of how we want you to be engaged and involved. And so we've talked about what's business, and that's kind of what we're doing around here. So let's now ask the question, okay, well, how's business? How's it going? And so there's some indications that we could, we could say. So let's, real quick, let me just kind of share one of those things that we can kind of look at. It's, it's kind of easy thing to look at. It's pretty cut and dry, uh, is the area of attendance. And so how is that going? Because uh, every, every number, that's a person. They, they matter to God, and so they should matter to us. So overall, on any given weekend, we have about 1,050 people across three campuses uh, in how many worship venues? One, two, three, five. Five worship venues uh, on any given weekend. So about 1,050. That has been kind of at a plateau spot over the last few years. 
And so what we really feel like as we've opened up now the Stevensville campus, that we have the opportunity to take the lid off that growth and get to the next level. Over the last few years, we bump up to like a 1,200 mark, and then we kind of go back down because it gets a little crowded. But now we've been able to take the lid off of that, and we're seeing some awesome, fun growth in, at both of our campuses, which is really fun. So uh, over at uh, the Benton Heights campus, they're averaging uh, now over 100 people every weekend. Five years ago when we started that campus, there were 10 people, and the church was dying. And it is a vibrant thriving church. Uh, last weekend they had 128 people. I have no idea how they're jamming 128 people in that sanctuary, uh, which is cool. They're setting out chairs. God's doing some great things, and so we celebrate what God's up to. That's awesome. Also at our Stevensville campus, uh, it maxed out. Uh, we, you know, we had 240 kind of adults in chairs and about 60 uh, kids kind of maxed out, and, and they're seeing uh, now over, since the first of the year over 200 each week. Uh, 225, I think, is a, maybe an average that they've been having which is really cool. God's uh, growing that. They're, I think they have to like set children up in like, the, like cordwood in the, in the nursery because there's so many kids. We had to take some, I'm just kidding, not really. We do not do that, I promise. Um, but they're, we had to take out some space in the nursery because there's so many kids, and which is awesome. And that, those are great things that God is up to. And this is in a month when if you look at our, uh, and we track these things, January is like abysmal normally outside of like summer for attendance it's just kind of the way it is in uh michigan but uh we've uh had uh, we've been averaging over 1200 folks and so we were trying to break through that barrier so god's done some cool things because it uh, those things matter people matter to god and and so we should get excited about uh those things and what god's up to at, at all of our at all of our campuses uh giving is another way to kind of look at you know ask yourself the question how's things going what's uh, what, are, what are we doing as far as giving goes that's kind of flat now it's about the same as it was last year the the only bad part about that is we added a campus so the expenses went up but yet the giving has kind of remained stagnant so at the end of the year so it's not all awesome news you gotta expect a little bit of you know reality here um uh through the end of the year we're about thirty thousand dollars behind uh, what our budget is so hopefully we can make that up and i think we can january's not been a stellar month but that is kind of typical but so i just want to encourage you to help fund the vision and what god's up to around here and let me just give some accolades stevensville is above the budget that we set for stevensville so props to stevensville you guys are doing great but the real champion in this area is benton heights benton heights is eight or they're eighteen thousand dollars they're giving is over last year and that is just that's awesome so i just it's cool to report that each of our campuses both Stevensville and Benton Heights are totally self-supporting, self-sustaining. So there's not, we're not having to support them financially. It's, it's great. In fact, we're the ones here at St. Joe that are a little behind. So uh, they're doing a, a great job. And so I just want to encourage them to, to keep it up. Um, another area of our giving, we have that. That's kind of the budget. The other area of our giving is Faith Promise. Faith Promise is 100% totally missions. That's what, if you were around here last weekend, you remember we talked about Malawi. There was this horrific flooding that took place in the southern part of Malawi in Africa, and we have some mission partners there. And so we were able to send, as a result of your faithful giving, we had, you had, we had you'd given more than what the budget was, and so we had some monies. And so we sent $10,000 within two days, two or three days, sent it to Malawi. It's already there they've distributed it uh heard some great stories there's a blog post if you want to get on our website you can check that out and look at the look at what you did 
uh, through your giving. Again, your faithfulness. So that's faith promise. So you're doing, we're doing great there. And that's missions kind of stuff. And a final area of, give, an area of giving is the, what we call the Ignite Fund. So if you uh, look at an envelope and you're giving, you'll notice that there's those three pockets. There's budget. There's uh, kind of keep the lights on kind of stuff. The regular kind of stuff. Then there's faith promises. There's missions. And then the Ignite Fund is a fund that we set up. We are totally debt-free. Kind of celebrate that and live in that moment and get excited about that a little bit. Totally debt-free. But we also know that things come up and things happen and roofs go bad and boilers break and stuff. And so we don't want to be behind. We want to be ahead. So the Ignite Fund is a fund that we set up to try to get ahead of things. So we don't have to borrow money. So we can continue to operate debt-free. And so, But we need to kind of do that ahead of time so we don't have to carve out out of uh, regular operating expenses something when something catastrophic happens or when we want to kind of add something or do something special or something new or renovate something. So that's uh, what the Ignite Fund is. So that's kind of attendance and that's kind of uh, giving and stuff. But again, it, it's, it's people. A young man that's uh, been attending the Benton Heights campus. And to... I was talking to Pastor Kevin, and without sharing his name, he just, uh, Pastor Kevin was telling me his story, that he's a young man that um, had really lost, begun to lose faith in, in, in the church, in kind of the organized church. And through his connection at Benton Heights and through building relationships and finding his place uh, in, in serving and kind of fleshing it out, uh, God is just doing, he's just, Pastor Kevin was just telling me uh, today, what just some really neat things that God is doing in this young man's life. That's what matters. People's lives, God's ideal being restored. And so let's talk with a couple minutes we have left about what's our vision moving forward. In January, just a few weeks ago, we went on a two-day staff retreat, the, the staff did, and we set some what we call uh, a WIGS, which is a, is, is, is a term, wildly important goal is a WIG. Wildly important goal. We set two wigs for the year as a congregation. And so let me just, and we, uh, we want to move from the land of talk to the land of do. We can talk about vision, we can talk about these things, but we don't want to just talk, we want to do it. And so we, we've been reading a book uh, together, some of us, uh, called The Four Disciplines of Execution. It's a great book. It's not necessarily a, 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 a Christian churchy book. It's just a great book that helps you to move from the land of talk to the land of do. And so we've been kind of putting some of those uh, things into practice. And so the two areas we really felt compelled that we want to move the dial. We want to move forward, push forward in these two areas. And one was evangelism and the second is discipleship. So one, reaching people that are far from God. And two, helping those people that come into relationship with God to grow in what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And so here are our two wigs. Wig number one, which means what? Wildly important goal. Number one wig, to create a culture of evangelism that results in 150 people being baptized by December 31st, 2015. On any given average year around here, we, and we said baptism because we... We, we don't want to just have some attendance kind of goal. We, we recognize that baptism is a key step in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in a person's life or journey with Christ. And so if there's people that are being baptized, that's a key step on the journey. Attendance will take care of itself. If we are reaching people for Christ, people are growing in their faith, that you know, attendance stuff takes care of itself. So we wanted to focus on what really matters. And what really matters is growing disciples. Like Jesus said, remember back at the very beginning, Matthew 28, go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So... 150 people baptized by December 31st. 
that's about three times. In a normal year, we baptize about 50 folk. So that's a significant uh, goal for us. That's a wildly important goal. And so we need to work together across three campuses to, to make that a uh, reality. And next week we're going to start a series where we talk about storytelling, where we talk about what it looks like for us to, to be engaged in, in God's wonderful purpose of trying to help people that are far from him to know about the wonderful love that, that he has shown us and shown our world and to share that hope and grace with folks. What does that look like for us to pray for and to try to be uh, um, aware of, of opportunities to reach people for Christ? And so that's the first wig create culture that results in 150 people being baptized by the end of the year and then the second is to pair everyone who is baptized with someone to guide them through a discipleship track within two weeks of their baptism so we don't want to just have people to that come to christ and are baptized we want to help them then to grow systematically in their faith and what's it look like to follow jesus we want to help people to do that so we're going to match them up with folks and and to make that a reality and so how are we going to do that only as we work together again three campuses working together to make an impact to make a difference in our culture again what is our ultimate goal restoring god's ideal creating a culture that we care about people that are far from him so final thing, real quick, how can we work together to restore God's ideal through the ministry of First Church? First, I want to encourage you and challenge you to pray ceaselessly. Pray that God will bring revival here at, uh, through the ministry of First Church. Pray that these wigs get accomplished. Pray for these 150 people. I've already started praying for uh, the first group of this 150 folks that, whose lives are going to be transformed and changed by Christ. The hope that can only be found, the grace, the, uh, the love that can only be found in God. Let's begin to pray. Let's pray that we would live out that vision in, in so many different ways through outreach and through spiritual growth, through worship. Again, let's pray ceaselessly. Secondly, give generously. I want to challenge you to give generously. When you give, it, it supports the mission of the church. And absolutely, I guarantee that as you give faithfully, that we will work, work hard to make sure that we use that money well. And wisely, both to make a difference in this community and in places like Malawi and Paraguay, where we got a group of people building a church in, in Paraguay right now as we sit here today. So give generously. Uh, uh, and then, thirdly, to serve faithfully. So find a place to serve somewhere, whether it's inside or outside the walls uh, of the church. But let's live it out. Let's make, let's, let's make a difference in our world and make a difference in our community. Let's, let's do that together. So find a place somewhere. Don't leave it to someone else retirement for a follower of Jesus, that happens when you're in heaven. Don't quit early, okay? Uh, God needs you engaged until then. And the last thing, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to tell consistently, to tell your story, to tell the difference that Christ has made in your life. If your life's been changed by Christ, there is someone in your life that I'm never going to have a chance to share with. Maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a coworker. And you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to spout off a bunch of scripture. That you, that's fine if you do. But just to tell them the difference that Christ has made in your life. And invest in them. Invite them to a place like this. Give me the privilege of sharing the truth, the, the change that, that Christ wants to make in their life. Let's work together in this. So tell consistently. Friends, I'm excited. I'm excited about what's going on at Benton Heights. I'm excited about what's going on in Stevensville. I'm excited about what's going on here. Let's work together to realize God's ideal. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. I pray, Father, you'd help us to continue to just strive after you and, and just go after you, God, full throttle until that time that you come again.
Thank you, Father, for each one across three campuses. And God, I pray that you just put in our hearts the vision, the passion that you have for us as we move forward to realize your ideal, to restore your ideal in this world. Thank you, Father, for each one. Do something in our hearts. Get us excited about what you're up to. We pray in Jesus' name.